Granny, we sit here in the podcast studio and normally it's a happy place. There's, you know, three of us around the microphone. We're laughing, we're smiling, we're having a great old time. But today, I look across directly from me and the microphone is empty, the seat is empty and our good mate Richard... He's upset. He is not here, not in studio because... Our man got caught up in the uh, the Croc Media quarantine the scandal, COVID scare. the COVID scandal or scare. Probably not a scandal because it is legitimate. But uh, our man Richo was at the Croc Studios when they've had a little bit of an outbreak. And much to his despair, he's on a big, big lockdown. Not even just to wait for your test to come back lockdown. He's on the I've real 11 deal. days. 11 days in lockdown. And do you think he's happy about it, Brownie? Well, we're going to find out. Matthew, are you happy about this lockdown? Because you spoke to me yesterday and you are filthy. Well, I don't understand it, Nathan. I'm COVID negative and I've got to be locked down. What's going on? It's an absolute disgrace. Hey, I don't even work for Croc Media. I've got a theory here, Matt. <laughs> I've got a theory as to why they're locking you down. Even though you're negative and they've told you to lock down for 11 days, they've had a look at you. They've, uh, they've uh, you know, put the fine-tooth comb over you and they've realised how big your lips are. And they're like, well, oh, right. if COVID is anywhere near Matthew Richard, it might be a slow-release program because his lips are so big and they sort of give a buffer to the disease and just slowly it might leak out. So you've got 11 days before your lips are cleared. The rest of your body's cleared, but just not your lips, big fella. <laughs> And how long have you been working on that, mate? <laughs> All morning. A big sponge, of course. Before we just dive into the show, we need to thank our good sponsors, Taylor Made. Now, Taylor Made sponsor a man called Dustin Johnson, mm. who just won the FedEx Cup. He has won, he has made nineteen million dollars from his last three starts, and I just keep pointing him out. Since, US. since we have become Team Taylor Made, they are just flying at the moment. And another thing to uh, to just mention before we start is hey, nineteen it, million in how long? Uh, it'd be three weeks, four weeks. Four weeks. So in the last month, 19 million. 19 US. Bought by five houses, roughly around 4 million bucks each. 19 million US. Now, it is also, we're recording on Thursday, the 10th of September, which is AOK Day. Now, this day probably has more significance this year than it ever does, Brownie, because. You know, we're all doing it tough, especially down here in Victoria. So just make sure if everyone that listens goes to one mate and just yep. says, are you okay? And not just an are you okay like we normally say. Just, yep. you know, just asking. Most of the time they'll come back and say, yep, I'm doing fine. It's not a great time, but we're doing fine. But you know what? You might find someone that just really needs to it have a chat. It was a sad chat. day for the footy community yesterday, one year since the passing of the great Danny Frawley. And I've got enjoyment out of uh, seeing all the old clips oh, of Spud, uh, the Triple M stuff, the Sunday footy show stuff. Just to remember him in that light was amazing. So, Richo, quarantine, let's chat. How uh, how are you finding it? Because this isn't, again, this isn't, we're, we're on stage four here in Melbourne, which means you can only leave the house for four times, but you cannot leave the house at all. Until further advice, I can't leave the house. The DHHS has to give me approval to leave the house. So I'm completely housebound. It's a beautiful day out there. I can't even go for a jog hummer. So, as I said before, I'm not a happy man, so the kids just need to stay away from me. The wife just needs to stay. I've just isolated in this front bedroom here. All I've got is the laptop. That's it. That's that's my life at the moment. Jen would be filthy you're at home. <laughs> she likes her space, Jen. She likes things a certain way, and now you're just cramming it up, Matt. Like Thursday morning is Jen's happy place when I come into sports bed. That's her favourite <laughs> She is ropeable, Jen. <laughs> Richo is a bit stiff because you can you can cop it if you work for Croc, but Richo yeah. doesn't yeah. even work for Croc. I'll tell you what, I won't be working for him in the future. <laughs> I'm only 
There's uh, there's 300 or probably more AFL staff that have gone up to Queensland. Of course, they're, they're there to cover the, the final series and, yep. and the grand final. They sent three planes of AFL staff and yep. partners. Now, it was reported during the week that perhaps they weren't behaving as well. They were sticking to the quarantine rules. They weren't leaving the hotel. Yeah. But Gil was not happy, Brownie, no. with the behaviour of some of the AFL staffers. Well, you've got to remember that a lot of these guys are journalists. And historically, journalists are the guys who like to have a drink and they like to go to the bar. And that's where they do a lot of their talking. That's where they do a lot of their story swapping. So the bar's only open from 530 to 8.30 every day, I believe. So the journos up there, oh. uh, to their credit, I mean, it's the first time they've been allowed to out. So yeah. they're by the pool. Why not get to the bar? I mean, it's the only solace they can find at the moment. It's three hours of power, I believe. So they're making the most of it. And the other thing I heard was my mate Mark Stevens from Channel 7 yep. and works with Richo. Uh, he was the first journo to plonk himself down very, very close to all the wags by the pool oh. on the sun lounges. <laughs> Apparently... Uh, the whole deal. He had uh, um, uh, what's that? Oily stuff all over him. Coconut oil. Coconut yep. oil Coconut. from day one, and it raised more eyebrows than the three hours of power that the journos. <laughs> in fact, when Steve O was out the pool, all the other journos were in having a beer, but no, Steve O out by the pool. Hey Brownie, tell me, tell me, Steve O didn't have the budgie smugglers on up there. He certainly like, did. He certainly oh, did. No. That's uh, that's coming that's coming from a couple of good sources, not just one source, Matthew, but three or four sources. Stevo right. on the lilos in the budgie smugglers, oil all over him. I've heard Gil's not wrapped with the journos uh, getting around for happy hour each night either. Yeah, that's just what I said then. Uh, you not, not, not hearing <laughs> the last five minutes of chatter, Matthew? Don't don't calm down, Brandy. He's on his absolute you know last tether. He knows that I can't get at him. Yeah, he knows that I can't get at him. He can't so. reach across the table and bop him. No, apparently Gil did give an almighty spray. He walked out there one day and just saw them all at the bar, saw them crowding in the pool and went, no. Nah, what are you meant to do, know. though? What are you meant to do? You're up there. They've They're invited you up work. there. What are you going to be in your hotel room for the whole no, day? But- You're at a hotel. There is a pool there. It is Queensland. So I don't understand what Gil wants them to do. I mean, if you are invited up there, it is still a hotel. You are not confined to just your room. That's the thing I don't understand. As Gil would say, Nathan, it's about the optics. Oh, it's a bad word, optics, optics. It's a bad word. Hey, there are – so, I mean – A bit like ego. Most of the uh, most of the, the clubs are in the Queensland hub. They're either somewhere in Queensland, from Cairns yeah. down down to the Gold Coast. They're up there. There's going to be some sides that aren't going to feature in finals, Victorian sides. What's going to happen? To those players, will they get to stay up there, or they have to come back well, to this COVID hellhole? Because it, obviously they've been paid to be up there by their footy clubs and by the AFL, and these 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 are grown men, some with families, some who are, you know, still single at 24, 25, 26 years of age. So they've played a big part of this season. They've played a big part of keeping this season going. So you have to trust players; they're going to do the right thing. Inevitably, I think there is going to be a problem when you have got that many players in a one confined space. I think there might be a problem, but I'm prepared to back the AFL players in. There's been a few mess-ups this year already, but I think they've got the point. Uh, Not saying nothing's going to happen, but, I mean, you still need to let your hair down. You still need to congratulate yourself, even if you don't play finals on helping the AFL season continue. You'd be mad to come back to Victoria. Why the hell would you come back? Absolutely not. No way known you'd come back. And, in fact, that's why a lot of the guys in this last AFL flight that went up 
uh, last week. That's why a lot of the partners went up because they know full well that in two weeks' time they can stay in Queensland and have a holiday. And why wouldn't you? And they're grown men. They should be able to make that choice themselves. Surely the AFL's not going to say, no, you've got to go back to Melbourne. Yeah. Surely, uh, surely you can make your own decision on that. Hey, uh, a side that we thought, I mean, you'd be mad not to at the start of the season said that was going to feature in the finals, GWS, of course, they made it to the, the, the big dance last year, went down in a very disappointing display. They just renewed the tenure of Leon Cameron, their coach. They lost to Adelaide on the yeah. weekend and they were they looked Horrific. They did, and uh, they're not the side that they used to be. I, I was one who fell into them at the start of the year. I thought their finals was terrific last year. I had them finishing top two this year, pushing for a premiership, but they've lost their identity. They used to be an attacking side. They used to play with flair. Spoke to Ross Lyon last night on Footy Classified who said they don't have the talent pool they used to. He, he laid out a lot of players who have left that footy club, and you've got to have a look at some of the players coming in. They have lost a lot of that talent pool. They've tried to play a defensive game. They're no good at the defensive game. They can't play offence anymore, so they're stuck in the middle somewhere. You look at all their stats, and they are middle of the road at everything at the moment, and they are where they are. Yeah, I agree. It's just they really miss, you know, when Kelly's not playing, when Zach Williams isn't playing, they just they lose all of their run and creativity, and it was all left to Lockie Whitfield, I guess, on the weekend, and if he's not getting the footy at half back and creating, they, they just don't look like they can move the football at the moment. So they've got two games to go, and Melbourne and St Kilda, both teams they're competing with uh, to make the finals. And I don't think they make it now. I think they only win at, at the most one of those games. They might even lose both of them. So it looks like they won't play finals. Yeah, I've got them losing both of them. I know Cornelio had injury concerns last year and coming into this season, but he is well underperform uh, Cornelio. As the captain of the footy club, I think he he has been one of the major reasons why they haven't got that engine room going. It, it all starts in the midfield, and mm. once they get the ball inside 50, they actually go okay. But without their defensive structure, and I think their back line's been okay. Haynes, Cor, Keith, these guys, Heath Shaw's been pretty good. They've been able to stop a lot of scores, but they just haven't been able to put the scoreboard on themselves. Richo? Since we last recorded, there was a little bit of an infraction at, at your club. Of course, two blokes got caught outside the quarantine. They'd been at a uh, an entertainment venue. <laughs> <laughs> then they just decided to, to tuck into a couple of kebabs. But is that my phone going? That, that is my phone going. Sorry for the amateur brownie. Uh, you got dreams can come true as your ringtone. That sounded like dreams no, can was come my true. No, it was my alarm. It sounded like dreams what can is come, dreams true? come true. No, it was my alarm. Okay. Now... They now have to pay the fine, Richo. They're going to have to yep. pay a, what is it, $75,000 no, no, no. fine between them. Well, Richmond well, have said it's going to come out. The maximum fine they can pay is $10,000. Why is that? Because they're the rules. They're the AFLPA rules. So they won't be paying the maximum fine. And probably Callum Coleman-Jones might be on an 80 base. So he might earn, with games, probably a hundred grand for the year. He can't afford it, but is they're it not going to have any money left. Should this be coming out of the cap? Because, I mean, this, as they've said, this comes off the soft cap, which means a man like Richo, who's down there giving him goal-kicking tips, mm. might lose his job. No, well, and Damien Hardwick said it yesterday that someone may lose a job down the track. I think what that was all about with, um, with the club saying that the players were paying the fines, I think that was just about the look and the statement that came out. The players said that they'll pay the fines. I think that was probably to appease just the supporter base a little bit and just to try and keep everyone uh, everyone sort of happy at the moment. But the club would have known full well, the AFL Players Association rules, 
and the bargaining agreements say that they can't do that. But I, I just think that was maybe a good look from the players to say that they were going to pay the fines to make it, you know, look a little bit better on paper in the statement. But that's never going to be the case. Hey, Rich, I'll ask you a question. Would they have got caught if they didn't get in the fight? If they'd just gone out till 3am, had their kebabs and gone home without the fight? Because you see the vision. Callum Coleman-Jones is sitting on the seat, sort of not really... He's actually getting punches thrown at him. He's still trying to eat yeah. his kebab at one stage oh. until Sydney Stack jumped in. So if they didn't get in the fight, and apparently the guy they got into a fight with is well-known up there as uh, someone who has got in fights before. So my question to you would be, would it have gone under the radar if the fight hadn't have happened? Uh, I don't think so, Nate. I think it would have eventually come out. They would have woken up the next day, those boys, if they didn't get caught. And the guilt probably would have got to them in the cold, hard light of day. I think they would have come to their senses and they probably would have had to put their hand up and say, look, we went out. I've just got a feeling it would have it would have come out anyway. There would have been a lot of eyeballs on them up there in Queensland. They would have been getting back to the hotel at four o'clock in the morning. I just think someone would have seen them come in. Someone would have heard them. I think it would have got out. So... Uh, no, I don't think they would have got away with it. In a press conference yesterday, Damien Hardwick said they are Richmond players at the moment. He said it twice mm. and then checked himself and said, no, I shouldn't say that. They are Richmond people, Richmond players. But twice, Richo, he said, at the moment. If I heard a coach speak about me and I was in that situation, <laughs> I would be feeling very nervous. Oh, well, I, Damien would clearly be very, very disappointed and frustrated at, at what's happened because the narrative now... If Richmond lose tomorrow night or they lose next week or they, they bomb out of the finals, the narrative will be it was derailed because of this, even if it wasn't, even if it hasn't affected anything within the group. So he knows that. I guess we're just going to have to wait until we find out what size the list is. I mean, I think we all expect list sizes will drop next year. Um, they're both contracted for next year. So it's just going to come down to what happens uh, when the AFL decides what they're going to do with list sizes. But clearly... They're going to be under pressure. They have to be. Speaking of lists, the Hawthorne Footy Club. My Why beloved... do you bring something about Hawthorne every week? Well, Only re... you care about Hawthorne and Hawthorne. Well, that's sport. ridiculous. The, the entire competition cares about Hawthorne. They're the greatest side of the modern era. They've done. They've pulled off a feat that, yeah, that only one other club's done before. Oh. They've got to get. They're going to have to clean out their list, aren't they? Because they, they're, they're going to need to get draft picks. They haven't used the draft in years. It's been Clarko's strategy. Yep. I'm going to throw some names up and I want you to tell me if Hawthorne should get rid of them or they, if they will be at the club. Okay, do you know if these players are contracted or not that you're going to throw up? Uh, my research did not go okay. <laughs> that deep. No worries. Just pretend that it, it doesn't matter. Isaac Smith. Uh, I think they should be keeping Isaac Smith. Richard? Yeah, I agree. I think Isaac's got footy left. Luke Bruce. Uh, I think Luke Bruce kicks goals. It's hard to find a player who can kick a minimum of 40 goals for a season. Yeah, I wouldn't be giving up anyone who's a proven goal kicker. And that they can also, but they might be leaving. I think a few of these are out. I know that uh, Jack Gunston, for example, is out of contract. Will he be in Hawthorne next year? So there's your currency. If Hawthorne, if Jack Gunston wanted to leave and Hawthorne wanted to get something value for him, maybe a draft pick, Jack Gunston's a player that would fit in perfectly at a Collingwood. He'd fit in perfectly at an Essendon. I think that if the opportunity came up for Jack Gunston and Hawthorne to part ways, I think it would be mutually beneficial. Yeah, look, I think if they had a chat, I think if Jack and the club had a chat and they decided that, look, Jack, we're going to go down a rebuild path and if, uh, if you want to hang around, you can. Uh, because we want you because you're, you're a very good player and you kick goals. But we understand if you want to look elsewhere, 
Um, I think they'd have that conversation. Big boy McAvoy. He has got. He's proved that he can be very versatile. This yeah, year. I like McAvoy. I like the fact that he can go forward, kick a goal. He can go to centre half back. His ruck work is sound, and I think McAvoy is a keep. Well, I think I think McAvoy was hurt this year by by playing down back early in the year. All of his pre spent down back. He's a ruckman for mine. He's a ruckman who can mark the footy when he goes forward or mark the ball behind the footy. I, I just don't think that playing him centre half back worked. He's just got to get back to being the number one ruckman. And will Sean Burgoyne be given one more year? I don't think so. And, and that it's, it hurts to say that because he's one of the all-time greats, Sean Burgoyne. But I just think at the age of 37, um, it, it's probably probably time to move on. Well, we probably look at Hawthorne next year, Matthew, and we don't think they're going to play finals next year because they're going to have a clean out and they're going to have a lot of young players. So they're probably going to go through some hard yards and that makes it even harder for a player his age when they're losing more games than they're winning to really shine. So you'd love Burgoyne to go out on the winning. He's a wonderful player and if he finished up this year or next year, he's still a wonderful player, but I think the time is right now. Hey, just before we get into what's doing Richo's head in this week, because I'm tipping this this might be a long segment the for cat. I'm going to yeah. announce, do you remember the, of course you remember the Hotham. Now the Hotham is, yes. a, is a race that we put on every year and it's to celebrate the battlers in the industry. It celebrates the horses that have not yet won. Like, well, I'm talking Bow Dazzle. that features every mm. single year. Bow Dazzle's gone 103, 104 races without a win. Is so we get, right, yeah, is it? We get, the, we get the, the horses that are struggling the most and try and give them Sounds a like me, Richard, or Richmond. <laughs> but this year we're doing something a bit different. Okay, this is called, I want you to search on, on uh, Twitter if you are listening, hashtag backing the battler. Now, what we are, we're mixing two magnificent concepts together, Brownie. We had Battle of the Battlers yeah. a couple of years ago. We've got the Which Hoffman. is a football game. It's a football game. This year, you can nominate your football club or cricket club, whatever sporting club it is that may have been doing it tough this year. You might have gone from the bushfire straight into COVID and the club is absolutely on its knees. What you can do is you are going to be, if you are selected, you're going to get a horse. Now, if your horse wins, you are going to get a huge amount of prize money. $25,000 to the winning club all the way down to 14th. I think you might get 1500 bucks, three grand, whatever. So jump on the sports bet uh, social media platforms. You cannot miss it. There is 4 million posts up there about this thing. Jump on the sports bet blog, get around the Hotham, get your club in there, and you're going to go in the chance to win $25,000 at a time when a club might need it. Richo. Is that your idea? Uh, no. Yeah. I could have told that you. That a good idea. It isn't. It's good on me. Hey, Richo, what's on your head in? And it's doing my f***ing head in. Well, clearly, this situation I'm in is doing my head in, but I'm not going to go over that again. Uh, I have to do it, I'm told, and uh, I just can't work it out because I'm, I'm actually COVID negative. I don't have coronavirus, yet I've been told to isolate. Very frustrating, boys, and that, that is a good idea. I hope uh, that goes to a club that needs it, that money. Good idea, Hummer. I'll tell you what's doing my, my head in, and it was doing my head in earlier this year, but I'm sick and tired of people out there jumping on social media after a game, going to a player's official accounts. And I know I've done this before, but it really got me on the weekend with Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody. We saw early in that game, he took the first mark inside 10 metres and he tried to flip off a little handball to uh, Mosquito. It didn't work. The ball went down the other end of the ground. It didn't cost Essendon the game. Essendon were, were pretty ordinary in that game. He has uh, looked at his Twitter after the game and he has copped abuse left, right and centre for that handball, uh, McDonald, Tip and Woody. He's an unselfish player. He's trying to bring his young teammate into the game. Why should he be subjected to that crap after a game? So much so that Anthony 
tweeted out an apology, which was just uh, unnecessary. He should never have to do that. He shouldn't have to apologise for anything that he does on the footy ground, particularly when he's trying to bring a young teammate into the game, particularly when the coaches tell them to be unselfish and to look out for each other and bring each other into the game. It's an absolute disgrace. People jumping on players' private accounts, private messaging them abuse. Uh, I'm sick of it. I've had a gutful of it. Well said, Matthew. Well said. And I did notice that Tip and Woody uh, offered an apology and that just shows you the class of the man. Mm. And sometimes the negatives and the, and the haters just need to kill him with kindness. If you go back yeah. the other way with even more kindness, yep. they sit there Richo and go, does that. What, what, what's wrong with this? <laughs> Richard's very big funny out. on Twitter when he uh, tweets to everybody. I'm not the same. I, uh, I get a bit fired up. Hey, speaking of, now, now this is a... Um, of course, if you are watching on television, on YouTube, or however you ingest your video, you'll see on the table brownie is a monster, a monster bucket of blue merchandise. Yep. Finally, I have navigated the COVID waters. I was like, it was like the day after tomorrow, I was walking through there. The streets were barren. I was dodging coronavirus. People were coughing on me. It didn't matter. I went out to the warehouse out in, out in the West, and I got us a size of that. <laughs> Who's that for? I think that's my. That's a big T-shirt, but so, But anyway, I have gone through. I have traversed the world or the the city. I've I've braved COVID, and I have got us merchandise. So everyone that has sent us a review, I'm about to go to Australia Post, dump all this stuff into letterboxes with a little note from Brownie, and you're going to get your merchandise. Nice. So, so keep well done, them Richard. coming in. But I'm just going to read out one review we got during the week. Now there was a few good ones. But we're not going to read those ones out. We're going to read the bad the ones negatives. out. One star. This is from Ollie G53. Now, we, we, we've only had five stars. Ollie Jones. One stars. Usually like the podcast, but sick of hearing Brownie and Hummer's political views. Huh? One star. Political views. What are we, oh, we gave Dan Andrews some votes yep. last week for worst on. So we're not speaking about Dan Andrews or anything Good politics. Again. Uh, so keep you coming through. If you send us – now, he's not getting any merchandise. You only get merchandise if you give us a nice <laughs> review and five stars. But we're back into our lifestyle section, the hugely popular lifestyle section of the podcast. And, Richo, you've come up with a segment. Now, this probably spawned about the, the two blokes that wanted to dive into a kebab last night. Your top five after 2 a.m. food outlets of the, tw- of the last 25 years. Yeah, hum, thank you. And it did. it's off the bat, obviously, of the situation with the Richmond boys – up on the Gold Coast, but when you go out and you have a big night and you're out after 2am, it's impossible to go home without going to a food outlet. Is that right? Absolutely impossible. Yes, Matthew. Okay, so it got me thinking, Nathan, I know you would have been to a few of these places. I'm just going to run through uh, my top five. Over. I've been in Melbourne 25 years now and I've had a, quite a few Saturday nights out, so... I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty accustomed to a bit of late-night food. I've actually so this seen thing... Matthew on a Saturday night out where somehow his head has gone upside down. So oh, his yeah. chin, chin's been up here and his hair's down here. Yeah. It's, just, it's a messy situation. So this is 2 a.m., yeah? It's hard to actually eat a souvlaki when your head's upside down. <laughs> now, my number one, uh, this is just, I'm going to go from one to five and five being the best, okay? So number one, this is in the mid uh Mid-2000s, early 2000s, Sublaki King on Brunswick Street in Fitzroy. One of the best Sublakis you can have. A lamb Sublaki, bit of garlic, bit of chilli sauce, onion, yeah. lettuce, tomato. That will soak up a lot of beer at 2am. Sublaki King, Brunswick Street. Absolutely uh, magnificent. Now, Nathan, I know you've been to this one quite a bit. The Motel down in South Melbourne. Remember oh, yeah. that? Yeah. Swanee's Pub. Band. 
The hot dog van out the front of the motel, simply outstanding hot dogs, bacon, cheese, a little bit of mustard. You get in the cab. If you don't uh, spill all that mustard down your T-shirt on the way home in a cab at 3 a.m. And you couldn't you just to... get one, could you, Matt? You always had to double up. You had to get two. Mate, that, that hot dog fan would have made an absolute Well, he did, but not from selling hot dogs. He did. I think he's, he's doing 20 years. Oh, yeah. Is he? Yeah, you're selling hot dogs in one hand and some others in the other hand. Well, I was only buying the hot dogs, mate. <laughs> uh, number three. Now, this dates back to the early 1990s, probably around 93, 94. You'd go to the depot, uh, the depot which is now the precinct. You'd watch the cover band 2120. You'd have half a dozen pots, and then on the way home, you'd duck up to Bridge Road in Richmond, and you would go to Hollywood Palace. Oh, yep. 24 they hours. The, they had the best hamburger with the lot in Melbourne back then at Hollywood Palace in Richmond, Bridge Road. Absolutely outstanding. Now, Nathan, remember going to Mink Bar on a Sunday night down in St Kilda? Many times, <laughs> Matt, many times. Phones wouldn't work down there. there. No reception, so it was a little dark corners, Ooh. Richard. Oh, Minka. <laughs> really, uh, those walls could talk, hey? So I'd walk out of Mink Bar, I'd turn right, and then I'd turn right again, and I'd head up Fitzroy Street, up to Archie's, and I'd get a couple of slices of pizza up the top end of Fitzroy Street, and he'd always throw in some wedges with the pizza. Oh. Absolutely outstanding. What, on the but pizza? Or like no. separate? Just separate in a little bag, he'd chuck the wedges in. Ooh. But, Nathan, uh, I know you'll agree with me with this one. My top uh, food van outlet after 2 a.m. is actually in New York City. It's on the corner of West 24th and 7th Avenue in Chelsea. And if they don't have the best uh, gyros, as the Greeks call them, we call them gyros, uh, me and you and our Aussie accent. Um, how good were they? <laughs> oh, how mate, were they? were they good? They were, I, I, I went to New York in 2009 at the end of uh, when we played. So I went over there at 80, 81 kilos. We stayed for a month and I came back at 89 kilos. These chicken gyros, I'd have two a night and they, they were brilliant. What's the difference between a gyro and a, uh, a souvlaki? Well, it's basically just a souvlaki. The funny thing about that is on that trip to New York, Nathan bought this full-length like trench coat with lamb's wool on the inside. It was very cold. We were there in December. And he wore it out every night. But when he got home to Australia, clearly the weather here, uh, you didn't need the trench coat with the lamb's wool in it. About six years after we got back, it was really cold one June night and Nathan pulled it out to put it on and it still had the garlic sauce from the year <laughs> off. No word of a lie. I pulled it out, went to a function with Matt and when I pulled it out, there was still hard garlic sauce on the, oh. on the, on the, on the, on the lamb's wool. <laughs> A special mention to um, to Cafe Armadeus on Turak Road. You go to the saloon bar in the mid-90s and uh, about 20 metres up from the saloon bar was Cafe Armadeus. They had the best club sandwich I've ever eaten. Oh, is it club sandwich isn't a, a late-night snack, though? Yes, it is. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, you, you, you get back to your hotel room when you're staying interstate. You always get the club sandwich. Yeah, the club sandwich. sandwich. Without That's a true. doubt. That's Take true. pick out. While we're on this, I'm going to make a, a statement, and this is a pretty large statement, but I reckon it's a statement many of our listeners will agree. The HSP is the greatest invention that has happened, food invention, in the last two decades. Do you know what an HSP is? Is it a sauce? 
No, it's it's a big, big tray of golden crunchy chips, mm. then a shitload of Savlaki meat on top, and then the holy oh, trinity yeah. of sauces. Yeah. Your chili, your garlic, your barbecue sauces. Yeah, just drizzled on it. You eat it with I a fork. That good. I've never heard of it. They are so good. They call them a smash pack in New South Wales. They call them something different in South Australia. Here we call them a halal snack pack, HSP. But it is the greatest Give invention. it a go. You have had. And just before we get on to another topic, I need to give KFC a clip. Now, I'm giving KFC a clip because hot and spicy boneless chicken is, is again, one of the greatest food items you can get on a fast food menu. It is delicious. You don't have the, you don't have the annoying bone. It's not mm. too greasy. It's, it's crunchy. It's spicy. The, the, the chicken's juicy. It's a beautiful dish. Now, KFC are offering this in South Australia. You get 10 pieces for $10, which in itself is a magnificent bargain. Mm. You cannot get it in Victoria. How hard is it to ship some hot and spicy chicken from South Australia to Victoria? Well, pretty hard at the moment. There's a COVID breakout. I, I don't, don't know whether care. you've heard about this I don't pandemic. Care. How often can Maybe Victoria get screwed? Got COVID. We are getting screwed everywhere. We're getting screwed with this pandemic. We're getting screwed Our with quarantine. Come, huh? Our day will come. Screwed Swings with and roundabouts. It'll all turn around. Hey, one day Matt will be out of his house. While we're well, speaking of Matt in his house, just say you're in lockdown, right? And you boys, of course, you were uh, you know when you were travelling around together, you'd be in, in little hotel rooms together. Mm. Who would be your worst housemate to be isolated with? Jake King. Why? Well, he's just a, a weird little like man. He's looking big. He was on he the music massive, day. Oh, my God. Massive man. Yeah. I don't um, think he sleeps much push-up, and I think he does a lot of push-ups every day. But uh, the worst teammate I ever uh, uh, room with was Jose Ramiro. He'd get up at 2 a.m., set his alarm, and he'd start – pacing around the room to get his body clock going for some reason, then go back to bed, set it again for 4am, do the same thing. Weird, man. Yeah, Darren Gasper for mine. Just an absolute pest of a bloke. Just He, he took great delight in just annoying you, just at touching you and pinching you. And he'd hide your gear. He'd, he'd tape your boots up into a little ball. And um, he had some weird eating habits too, Gas. He loved all that antipasto salamis and... He's from uh, he's from the Croatian uh, oh, region. So smell out the room. Yeah, he just loved like like sardines and all that sort of stuff. Oh. Yeah, weird, weird man. <laughs> hey, it's sardines. Before we get into the trumpet award, I've got a little special for both of you. Now, I know last week I said that we had exhausted all the photos, but something came across my desk this week, and I know Richo that you've you know you're not giving me any more slabs, so I'm not even going to ask you to provide any, and you couldn't because you're in isolation anyway, but. Richo, I've got one more photo to embarrass you with. Oh, no. Look at that. Yeah, look at what the long hairs. What are you doing? What are your shorts doing? Yeah, what? That's a bit suggestive. <laughs> and you're pushing your hair back behind you. Of course, you know the drill. If you are listening on your podcast, head across to our Instagram page. You'll see this photo in all its glory. But it's Richo in like a silk Kamar- what do you call those Japanese gowns? Kamanos, uh, kabados, whatever. I don't yeah. know. Whatever they're called. One of these long, one of these long silky. And he's pushing. Were well, you pushing your hair back behind your ear like a like an? <clears throat> I don't know what I was doing. I I honestly cannot remember doing that photo. I have no recollection of that photo. For an intelligent man, you've done a lot of questionable yeah. photo shoots, Matt. I have Nathan, and uh, you know what? It's uh, kept me. It's kept me away from having to work nine to five, hasn't it? Oh, so you got I'm paid happy. for that one, did you? I probably did. Little, uh, I reckon a little five hundred might have jumped in there. Are you getting your full whack for this week from Swartzit, Richard? 
No, I'm not. I'm out of pocket this week. Well, oh, speaking of, just guess who benefit just guess who's benefited from uh, COVID again this week? Who? Our man Nathan Brown, because of Croc being on lockdown, just got the call up to go on Footy Classified last night. So it's just a few extra few extra sheets going to the yeah, Nathan Brown. Do what Brown I can. Fund. I help out wherever I can, mate. It's a it's a it's you, a pandemic. You've got you don't to help want out. COVID to end. You've got to help out the fellow citizen. Hey, but I've also got an, one extra special, and this was for you, Nathan Brown. Have a look at this photo. <laughs> have a look at those. What is shades. going on there? Have a look at them. You've got a I pink... got them in Paris. They are Prada, and I remember thinking, I'm going to get a big pair. It of is. Sunnies. It's Carl. It's Carl Williams. Line. They are shit house. Hey Brown, even you were about to do some welding there or something. <laughs> oh, that is magnificent. Trumpet award next. All right, now I've got a very up-to-date because I sat through the last three shows just to make sure this was accurate. Lockie Neal heads the best with 15, Tom Hawkins 10, Toby Green 9, Matt Rowell 8 and Dangerfield moves into the top six with six votes. For the worst, Adelaide Crows on eight, Hawthorne went to seven, still side bottom six, Dan Andrews on five and North Melbourne on five. Richo, your best. Uh, my best, I get one vote to Justin Longmuir. I just think he is doing a magnificent job with Fremantle. The building blocks are in place. They're defensively really sound. Once they start scoring, you know, I think they can be a really good team next year. He's done a really good job. So one to Justin Longmuir. Uh, two to uh, Chera from uh, the Fremantle Dockers. He had 30 touches. He, he was playing with a dry ball up there in Cairns the other night. An outstanding young player, having a really good year. And I've given three to Travis Boak. He seriously is getting better with age. He's in career best form, Travis Boak. He was outstanding against North Melbourne again. So three to Travis Boak. I gave one to his teammate, Ollie Wines. 30 disposals, two goals. Couldn't get a game in round one, Ollie Wines. Wasn't in their best 22. Sam Walsh, 20 kicks the other night in the wet. 80% effective. He had 600 metres gained. They don't win that game against Sydney if Sam Walsh didn't play. And again, Menegola, 30 disposals. Kicked a couple of goals. Terrific game from Menegola. He's the All-Australian wingman. Richo, your worst. Yeah, good choice there, Nate. Menegola, he's been outstanding. I gave one vote for worst to Essendon. Did you know they only had five tackles in the first quarter against Geelong Gosh. on the weekend? Zach Merritt had three of them. So the rest of the team in that first quarter had two tackles. That's uh, not good enough at AFL level. Uh, two to Melbourne for their effort up up in uh, Cairns to lose to Fremantle. That, you know, they might have blown their finals chances now the last two weeks. So they're, they're in a little bit of a hole at the moment. And I gave three to the Giants. We're beaten by the Adelaide Crows and they might have blown their finals chances as well. I gave one vote to Brody Majacek. How you can drop a ball like that in a goal square. I, I, I can't understand how you can drop that at AFL level. Two to the Giants. For the same reason Richo said, and three to the Bombers. I, I called that game for Triple M, and they were they were absolutely awful. All right. Well, the best letterboard does not change. And this is remarkable. Travis Boak just got his first votes for the year. Oh, yep. Sure Unless not. I've stuffed up again. Um, the worst, <laughs> though, GWS shoots straight to the top with nine votes. I will say this year it's much more team-based. Mm. Last year we were just always giving to individual, individual players and Christo, but this year it is all team-based. So at the top we've got the Giants on nine votes, the Crows on eight votes, Hawthorne on seven votes, and still side bottom on six, and Dan Andrews pushed out of the top five with five <sighs> votes. Give him one next there. week just for the hell of it. Hey, we're two weeks away. We're two rounds away. 
from the finals being decided. Yep. Now, most of it, it's there's probably a couple that can come in or, in or out, but there's still some definitely some swapping around that can go on within. So we want to get yours. Now, we know we got this at the start of the year, and I probably should have gone back to, to work out and how they were, yeah. but... You know, that's a little, All right. little too hard. So I've got Port Adelaide finishing on top hum, 56 points along with Brisbane. Both those clubs I expect to win their last two games. I've got Geelong beating Richmond this Friday night. So that's why I've got Geelong in third, Richmond fourth on 46. I think St Kilda beat West Coast tonight. So they go in with 44 points, better percentage than West Coast who are on 44 I think the Dogs win their last two games, go into seventh, and the Pies hang on to eighth spot with 38. Outside the eight, I've got Melbourne on 36. I don't think the Giants win another game. I've got them on 32. Oh. Richo. Yes. uh, I've got Port Adelaide finishing on top. I've got the Lions finishing second as well. Nathan, I've got the Cats third. I've got West Coast fourth, Richmond fifth, St Kilda Sixth, the Dogs seventh, and Collingwood sneaking into eighth spot. So the only um, difference there is you've got maybe West Coast Eagles beating the Saints tonight then? Well, I did it yesterday before I saw all the outs. So mm. that could change, Nate. You're right. Uh, I'll stick with it just for the, the sake of the exercise. But, yeah, they're in danger of losing tonight. Now their whole starting midfield basically is out. Shuey, Sheed, Redden, Red. and also Elliot Yo, It's a massive hole. Oh. Hey, let's have a look at probably the three best games coming up of this round before Footy Frenzy 2.0 finishes. Geelong-Richmond, Friday night. Now, this is one of the best games that we were going to have all year. Two different styles Two premiership favourites. Geelong chip the ball around. They take control with the footy. Richmond are a surge side. So it's pretty simple. If the rain stays away, I think the Cats win this game. If there's rain, which there is predicted, there's meant to be 5, 10, maybe even 20 mils up there tonight and tomorrow night. So both games might be wet. But if it rains, I'm going to tip Richmond. Yeah, you make a good point, Nathan, because I just think if it's dry and Geelong get that game, like Essendon gave them last week, where they let them take 36 marks in the first quarter, they just control the game. By foot, uh, they're very good skills. Obviously, they they slice through you. If they get that, they win the game. But if it does get wet, and it, it is predicted to rain up there tomorrow night, I agree with you, Nathan. I think it can go the other way. I'll stick with Geelong because they were my tip, and I had them finishing. I had them winning this game for the latter. But with Grimes and Lambert coming back in, and if it does get wet, Richmond are you know right in it. Geelong, the better back side, 70% of the cash, dollar sixty five. Richmond, two twenty five. Carlton versus Adelaide, dollar forty eight. The Blues, Adelaide, $2.75. I'm not really sure why I picked this game. No, it's a, it's a pretty ordinary <laughs> game. Now, Adelaide have been a lot better the last two weeks, but they've been in Adelaide. This is the first time they go back to Gold Coast, and we've seen that a lot of clubs, when they have to travel for the first time again, they've struggled. So I think Carlton, who have played in Queensland the last few weeks, are settled at the moment, and I think they should be too good for the Crows. Look, Carlton have got a slim chance of playing finals. I mean, they need everything else to go their way, and I think it's about 15 other results they need. So they're probably not going to get those, but they just have to make sure they win, and they will. Actually, this is uh, Bryce Gibbs' last game. Yeah. He's retired this morning, so um, Bryce is going to play this game against his old club. Um, so, you know, that gives the Crows something to play for. They'd love to send him off with a win against his old club. But, look, I think Carlton will get home. 
Cruiser always also announced his retirement yeah. today. Now, the last game that we're going to have a look at, and this has massive ramification for the top eight, GWS versus Melbourne, $1.71 the Giants, the Ds, $2.15. Tough one to pick, Brownie. Zero confidence in either of these sides. Um, Melbourne are the outsiders at the moment. I think it's a 50-50 game. So when it's a 50-50 game, you go for the value and the demons are the outsiders, but I will not be punting in this game. You will be punting on one market, though, because we need to do a multi for a club. Now, last week, uh, you had the Giants at the line, 10.5 points against the Blues. They did not cover that, so that did not go through. Richo had 25 or more for Lockie Neal, which did salute, but it didn't matter, so we're still sitting on $500. Our very first multi got up. We have not hit one since then. Where are you going this week? Where am I going to go this week? I think the Saints head-to-head against the West Coast Eagles. Oh, Richo? Yeah, I like the Saints now tonight with all the outs. I'm going to go I'm going to go the Saints and say Billings. Can you go 20 and a goal? Uh, there'll be a way to do that. I'll work it out. I'm not very quick at I'm not quick at going through the app. So, but I'll 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 put that up afterwards. Uh, I am going to go the Dockers to win 1 to 39 points. We'll get you a dollar 90. Hypotheticals and the end next. Just a thing of beauty, Stinger. A right. thing of beauty. All right. We're going to wrap things up, but before we do, just a couple of homotheticals just to send our listeners into the weekend and maybe ask themselves the same question. I'm going to go deep to start. Would you rather just be friends with someone you love or marry someone you hate? No, no I don't want to marry someone I hate. But it would hurt you. It would break your heart, wouldn't it, to be in love with someone that's just a friend? Yeah, but I... I'm not going to marry someone I hate. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> okay. Well, if you thought that one's weird, I'm, I haven't got that was probably I led with the best one. Would you prefer to go a year where you only sleep three hours a night, or a year where you can only eat Doritos? Nah, three hours a night. I imagine eating Doritos all day, every day. It'd be heaven. Three hours a night. I'm definitely taking the Doritos mm-hmm. for sure. I can see that. <laughs> Definitely, I don't need much sleep. I have ninety minutes a night. That's all I need. I'm really like I'm like a. An that's F1 one of those fallacies you come out <laughs> with all the time. <laughs> all right, that is absolute lie. Huh? No, it's not. It's true. Ninety minutes a day. That's all I need. Okay, last one. A man comes up to you and says, "You have a choice, Nathan. You can either cut off your own finger, or drink ten liters of orange juice every single day. But if you fail to drink ten liters of orange juice on any given day, you die." Just cutting off my finger. Simple. Drink. Ten liters of orange juice is easy. I did two liters the other day in one sitting. Which, which finger, Hummer? Uh, That's your important. Your thumb. Because if you lose your thumb, you lose your balance, don't you? No, I'm not losing a thumb. I'll definitely. Uh, I'll have a crack at the orange juice. All right. Yeah, I'm doing the orange juice. I'm doing orange juice and Doritos for the record. That's hey. A lot. Thank you so much. Again, just a reminder that today's a Are You Okay Day. If every single one of your our listeners, now we have 15,000 every single week, Brownie, can we at least say to one mate, are you okay, then we just might help make a difference. Richo, and a big thank you, of course, from the Victorian public, Richo, for doing what you're doing because I know it's not tough and I know you've tested negative, but you're doing the right thing, as everyone should be. If you are getting directed to stay at home, getting directed to not go to work, getting directed to go and get tested, please... Go and do it, Richo. Yeah, absolutely, Hummer. I've had a bit of a joke at the start, but 
clearly it's a serious situation. I've been told to isolate and more than happy to do that and so that uh, we can get the all clear and uh, move forward from then. So hopefully I'll be in there next week in the studio. But, uh, yeah, go and get tested if you're feeling crook. And, uh, yeah, we'll take care and we'll see you next week. Enjoy the weekend, punters. If you're in Victoria, stick fat. We're getting there. And, of course, there is so much merchandise here that is getting sent out today. I will go back and get more if I need to. Give us five stars. Give us a good review. Good luck. Gamble responsibly.